Hi, this is Mike Bursell, voice of the Tomorrowland Transit Authority People Mover and Living with the Land. Welcome to a voyage of discovery and awareness of the richness, the diversity, and the often surprising nature of the Mickey Dudes podcast. And now, from the Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor, it's the Mickey Dudes Podcast. Here's your master of ceremonies, Wazowski. Hello, humans! Hello, humans, and welcome to another episode of the Mickey Dudes Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Koch. My co-host, Pachinetti, is still somewhere in Wonderland, so tonight... I have two of our awesome rotating Mickey Dude commentators with me. From across the pond, we have our favorite sconceman. He hasn't ranted in a while, so we're going to have to change that soon. But we have Stephen Maxwell. I'm surrounded by idiots. Ah, uh, there's that rant. <laughs> and speaking of ranting, another uh, one of our American counterparts who uh, has some quite witty rants at times. From Chicago, Illinois, we have with us Tim Schweska. I would rant, but <clears throat> I am actually in the Whispering Canyon Cafe and I'm not allowed to talk anymore. <laughs> okay, can we please have a rant about that, Stephen? Because that is just a travesty. I know. I saw uh, Jeff posting about it on Twitter nonstop. Uh, I, just, I don't know why they've pulled that, but yeah, I'll do a rant and stick it out for maybe during the week. Okay, that would be good. I would say let's do a uh, live rant, but I'm going to give you a little time to really uh, <laughs> stew in your juices for this one. And while you do that, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a word from our sponsors. Whether it's the first sip of French roast at your Disney resort or the grand finale of a signature dining experience at a restaurant like Le Cellier, Chico, or the California Grill, Joffrey's coffees make Disney memories more magical. Why not savor that Disney vacation just a little bit longer while enjoying a cup of Joffrey's in the comfort of your own home? Visit Joffrey's, the official coffee and tea company of Disney, online today at joffreys.com. Joffrey's coffee and tea, a flavor for every Disney memory. Who has the largest selections of DVC resale listings and is the number one DVC reseller in the world? Who has 90% of their listings sell within 30 days with no upfront fees? Who has 95 years of combined Disney Vacation Club experience and has been selling DVC since 1993? Who has over $360 million in sales of DVC? The answer, my friends, is the same for every single question. It's DVC Resale Market. If you're in the market for buying Disney Vacation Club or have any questions about DVC, then look no further than DVC Resale Market. Nick, Kevin, and the whole team will do their very best to get you exactly what you need and answer any questions that you might have. Take a look at their website for some great information, their latest listings, or just some FAQs. We would like to thank DVC Resale Market for being part of our team, and now it's your turn. Let them be part of your team when buying DVC. Check them out at DVCResaleMarket.com. And we're back. Tim, this would be the part where you make some sly remark about Pat. I'm I'm trying to behave myself. Uh, <clears throat> Pat's been under a lot of pressure and has always given us great voiceovers, and there's no way I could do what he does. It would take me so many takes, and that's just with my computer not screwing up. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I know. Smooth as Silky's voice. Smooth as Silky. I completely agree. Okay, Mr. Jenny, you get off easy this week. <laughs> I always have to bust his chops somehow when he's not on, though, you know? But I will say, actually, uh, I was kind of stressed about something um, going on in my personal life, and he sent me a text to ask how things were going, and I kind of just opened up to him, and he had some really good words of encouragement and really kind of helped put my mind at ease, so... I was very thankful for our conversation that we had today, so I am blessed to have a friend like him. Pat is an extremely good guy. Yes. Even when he's not here, yes, he he's here. Uh, agreed, yeah. Stephen. The thing is, 
he's out being a good guy and that keeps him from being on here because he's being such a good guy so I can accept that at times but once he gets that new house next month he's on the show again because <laughs> I need a break <laughs> oh god is that what he's going through is doing the new home thing yeah, right oh. now, actually, he's in a uh, apartment while um, he uh, gets his uh, house renovated. So it's um, th he doesn't move into next month. So with the kids, with the, everything, they have a small little apartment now. So he literally has nowhere to record. When we did the uh, last uh, interview with Nick Cotton, he literally uh, was on his cell phone with Skype recording in one of the closets in his apartment. Now that's dedication I don't so. have. <laughs> yeah, and we saw yes. pictures of that as well. Yes, we did tweet that out. So he's uh, got a couple things going on. So I totally uh, have to uh, give him a uh, pass on this one. And also, it's Mother's Day, so he's probably out with his uh, lovely wife today, enjoying the family, and to all the mothers who listen to our show I know this is going to be out on Thursday but we hope that you uh, had a lovely Mother's Day this past Sunday we, we are thinking of you and we appreciate your listenership absolutely I, if I can actually go out, put on some people clothes and go to a nice uh, brunch with my mother all of you can <laughs> yeah not Mother's Day over here. Mother's Day, I think, was March or April. So, it's a wee bit shorter. Next month is Father's gonna, Day. I was just going to ask you that. I, I know that Europe ha has one, but is it a standard European thing of all the countries, or does each country have a different one, you know? I, I think that they have a different one for all the European countries. I know that ours it sort of moves about a bit. Uh, Father's Day is, I think, the 16th or 17th of June. And Mother's Day is usually end of March, beginning of April. So, a wee bit different. I will, uh, I will tell you that uh, I sent my mother flowers, and the flower delivery comes, and it's uh, in a box, and it was supposed to be a vase and a bouquet of tulips. She opens the box. All that's there is the card. And the vase. No flowers. I was not happy when she told me. Thanks, I Dave. got on the phone. <laughs> well, I got on the phone. I called up customer service. And apparently this is a regular thing with them because they're like, oh, okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, hold on. Let me let me re reprocess your order and uh, we'll, we'll issue you a $30 uh, credit for your next order. So, so they said, we're going to put you on hold for one second and we'll be right back. They come back, okay, sir, your flowers have been reordered. They'll be here on Tuesday. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> this was on Friday that they were delivered. I'm like, no, they need to be here today or tomorrow. This is for Mother's Day. I booked these way in advance. You guys had, you guys knew exactly what my order was. Fix it. And to their credit, they actually did fix it, and they sent it by Saturday afternoon. So... <laughs> They did make they did make good on the order, but it was just uh, quite comical for a while. It's just the fact that happens quite a lot, you know. Oh, again? Okay, here we go. Yeah, that was. They were just so nonchalant. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. That I almost wanted to ask: Is this a regular occurrence? But if you think it's a florist and they're putting a a vase in and a card. You would think, being a florist, they would think, mm, there's something missing here. <laughs> They're probably filling in so many orders at a time that they probably had the flowers off on the side, and it just was one of those things, okay, just uh, systematically filling boxes, and it just, I mean, mistakes happen. I, I, can't, I can't judge. They did make good on it, so I'll give them a, uh, I'll give them a pass, but it just was uh, quite unexpected. And with that, gentlemen, let's get into today's topic. So, Stephen, you were telling me that when you originally were going to Walt Disney World on a European ticket, you would come for two weeks, or as um, they say, a fortnight, and 
with that, you would only have a five-day ticket to Walt Disney World. Now, I'm assuming you would maybe get two five-day tickets, so you would have the ten days and everything, and you have to fill in other days with other activities. So you're used to actually having to go off property and do other things while in Orlando. I know you said the last time you did go to uh, Universal for a few days, but tonight we're going to play a little game. Let's assume that we have five days in Walt Disney World, but a seven-day trip. For some reason, our budgets are just not allowing us to have those other two days, and we have to fill in the rest of the trip with other activities. So today what we're going to do is we're going to plan non-Disney Park activities. Now if you listen to us about two and a half years ago when we started, we did the Ultimate Resort Day. This is going to be a little bit different than that show, and if you did not hear that show, I, I uh, urge you to go back into the early archives and find it because it was a really good show. Uh, but today what we're going to do is something a little bit different. Today what we're going to do is we're going to do Disney and the surrounding Orlando area. So anything within the Disney resorts and anything outside of Central Florida, well actually within Central Florida, outside of Disney World, is in fair game for our two days on a seven night vacation with two days of non-Disney parks. You can go anywhere you want. It kind of defeats the purpose to go to Universal because you're buying a uh, ticket that's uh, almost just as expensive. So it's up to you if you want to, but the game is kind of more or, more or less of get creative with what you do. You can go to Disney restaurants. You could do Disney resort activities, but I really do encourage you to leave the bubble for a bit sound good gentlemen yep go for it absolutely all right so excellent so what we'll do is we'll do this day by day so we'll we'll go around twice the first time we'll talk about each of our day one activities and then after all three of us go we'll talk about our day two activities so that we kind of just keep the conversation going and we'll uh, just discuss our days if anything kind of strikes our fancy Sound good? Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Excellent. Steven, would you mind starting us off? What would you do on your first day? Yeah, I mean, I just said, when I started going in 92, uh, went with my two friends for the first time. It was for two weeks. But as you were saying, it says you only bought a five-day ticket. You never bought two five-day tickets to go to Disney because it was being the first time you'd gone to Florida. There's so much other things you can actually do. It's just so we spent the other days doing other things. Uh, but we rather than actually staying at Disney, you know, at that point it was just cost preventable. You know, we just couldn't do it. It's just, so we ended up staying on International Drive in a hotel there. But the amount of stuff that you can actually do in International Drive is unbelievable. You know, you could spend a good two or three days doing things there so that's where I'm, I'm going to head off to uh, when you used to have Wet n Wild you know which is obviously now been torn down and it says but we were going there but you can now you can walk up International Drive the amount of restaurants that are there you know it's hand over fist and they're not just your normal chains I mean they are really good restaurants so you can actually spend a lot of time there and have really really good food on but as you head up, I mean, one of the things we used to do is go to and play crazy golf. I don't know, what do you call goofy golf over there? You know, sort of, you know, like fantasy, fantasia golf and stuff like that. What do you call that? Mini golf. Mini golf. If it's Aye. just putting, yeah. If Aye. it's just putting over here, it's miniature golf. Aye, we call it crazy golf over here because it's a bit more mental than your normal putting. <laughs> but, you know, there's... There's big complexes there that you can do two two courses, uh, and it's going up the side of a mountain, you know, and playing down, and it's really really good, and it, especially at night, you know, it's all lit up, uh, and it's just something that takes you outside of what you would normally do, especially in Disney. But further up, you'd also have 
places like Wonderworks, which is the big upside down building on International Drive, where a lot of it is sort of science and weird things that you can go into and actually, you know, it's like the, the mirrors that turn you upside down that you see at, at carnivals, you know, or, or side shows. Uh, there's other science or projects you can actually do and it's good for families as well. You know, it's it that could good maybe take a good couple of hours uh, to go through there. Uh, and then you get the weird and wonderful Ripley's. Yeah, Ripley's, believe it or not, if uh, you go in and see everything that Mr. Ripley has done throughout the world and collected all his, st his stuff, you know, and it's a bit like Guinness Book of World Records sort of stuff as well, you know, where there's weird and wonderful people and like different animals, cows, and there's like four legs and stuff, and five, like, one, one leg coming out its back, you know, it's, uh, it's just weird things like that. Uh, and then you can head up further and then you've got the Orlando Eye, you know, up at the top and you can jump on that and uh, a bit like the London Eye over here in, in UK and go up and just a big Ferris wheel and just take in the sights of International Drive right away across the top, seeing Sea World and stuff like that. So it's not a big day out, you know, it's, it's not a, a dear day out either. You know, I mean, you're talking about $100, over $100 to actually spend a day in a Disney park. Which, yes, I mean, you can go from, what, 8 o'clock till maybe midnight, 1 o'clock. Uh, which, if you put it in a perspective in relation to maybe doing several things throughout the day, it actually works out not too bad because, you, you know, if you're doing golf, you're doing the, the Ferris wheel, the Orlando Eye, you're doing, you know, Wonderworks and Ripley's, there's a, a lot of stuff you can do, but it does add up, you know, so £100 for a, a day, or $100 for a, a day at Disney, or $100 for doing the International Drive, you know, sort of weigh it up, but it's a good way to get out of the bubble, you know, and I've not done that for, for several years, because the last few couple of times that we've been there, we've always stayed uh, on property, and obviously they don't want you to travel out of Disney properties so they try and make it as hard as possible and the last few times we've not had a car either so we've sort of missed out on that sort of element Excellent I totally agree with iDrive I actually am going to be including it on my day but before we go with that uh, just a couple things before we get to Tim uh, Crazy Golf now in uh Disney World terms is this new foot golf that they have at the uh, golf courses on Disney property. If they still do this, have any of you guys heard about this? Vaguely. Apparently, from my understanding, it's like soccer ball golf where you basically uh, punt a soccer ball across. And it, it could, it might not be a soccer ball, but I'm assuming it's a ball of some significant size because instead of using a driver to get a uh, golf ball across the green, you literally have to punt this ball across the green and then get it on, onto the, uh, onto the, onto the pitching, whatever it's called. I guess the pitching green instead of the driving yeah, green. Yeah, putting it across the, and yeah, then you have putting to, across the fairway to get on the green. That's that's exactly what it is. Uh, you could tell I've never played golf in my life. I, I do, I do enjoy I do enjoy pitch and putt because I can just basically take some wicked shots and everything. But once I actually get onto the putting green, my putting is terrible. Hence, that will be on my uh, mini golf later on. But I think once you get onto the uh, putting green, I think it changes. I'm not exactly sure. I like the idea of it just being these huge uh, holes and you just basically kick the ball into the holes, but I think that sounds a little bit too easy. So I'm going to assume that you take a uh, golf ball and you just putt from wherever it landed on the putting green, the bigger ball or something like that. And hence, it's a new family activity called foot golf. And 
well, as much as it intrigues me, I, I want to try it. I'm also like, uh... You know, about yeah, 20 okay. or $30 for that, though. You know, I mean, it, it was quite dear when you actually looked into it. I, I remember when Disney came out and started advertising it. It says, right, okay, that sounds not a bad idea for a family. But, again, the cost of it, you know, <laughs> it's a bit crazy. It's, uh, I think they're actually put in, I, I don't know if it's a net or a sort of, I think it's something that sort of folds down so if the ball gets into it, it actually grabs hold of it. Because I know they've done it before with uh, sort of frisbees. Frisbee sort of golf, same sort of idea. Yeah, I mean, they've. Uh, I don't know if they've done Ultimate Frisbee there or not, uh, as far as Frisbee golf, but I'm not too sure. But I guess it would be the same concept. I'm still wondering if they actually still offer it because I haven't heard much about it uh, recently. I mean, if it's something that's actually selling, I'm sure that it would still be a thing, but... I think I'm going to have to look into this and see if it actually still exists because part of me is intrigued. Another part of me is like, yeah, okay. Well, I, I think Stephen probably has a good point on this, and that is most likely it's probably some insane price for just a minimal activity. And, well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you, you can, you know, you can go out to a park and kick a soccer ball for free, you know. Maybe one of these things, if the golf course is getting done up or something, it says, you know, for real golf, then they maybe just throw folk on. It says, on you go. It says, just go and kick a ball. You'll not make much damage. Because ideally, if they're doing that, they're taking it away from a, a golf course that they can generate serious money on. Well, obviously, they're not making as much money as they wanted on the golf courses if they're actually offering this activity mm. on the golf courses Probably. so it's not like the uh phones are ringing off the hook to book tea times i would assume if they have <laughs> to resort to this not that it's bad it's unique and i applaud disney for creating yet another uh, outlet for families to have fun it's just something that uh What's next? An international jacks competition in Disney Springs? Well, I'll go ahead and uh, maybe try to test out another hybrid. Uh, when I'm down in September, I'll go ahead and bring some of my weights, and we'll do heavyweight for distance golf. So I'll just go <laughs> ahead and chuck a 56-pound weight and see as cl how close to the hole I can get it. And I mean, I'm sure they won't mind all the divots in the fairway. Uh, I don't. See the big yeah, hole. I mean, don't. I'll. I mean, I'm, it'll strictly be a beta testing program. We'll see how it goes, and I'll tell you about the eventual lifetime ban I'll most likely receive. Just watch all the Gators because uh, you might uh, end up uh, messing up their pilot program. To keep everybody safe, now you know as the Gators approach and they play the TikTok Croc song as they're swimming by, you hear da 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 da. Please tell me you're joking. So. <laughs> It's Disney, you know. I wouldn't put it past them. I'm sure they filed a patent for this at one point or another. Yeah, I would not. That would not surprise me one bit. Yes. And with that said, Tim, what would be your first uh, non-Disney park day? All right. Uh, I am going to head directly east. Uh, as. <laughs> As, as you correctly guessed earlier, Dave, I am heading right for Cape Canaveral. I am going to Kennedy Space Center. That was it's a no-brainer. Just, you know, the history involved, the, the shuttle program, being a child of the 80s, watching, you know, watching those shuttles go, you know, go up in the air, the tragedy, unfortunately, of watching... The Challenger unfold in front of uh, in front of me when I was uh, in I believe it was second or third grade watching that happen, uh, and their new exhibit there on the shuttle Atlantis that they've done is unreal. It's it's phenomenal. You uh, you could spend all day just looking at that exhibit. It's one of the most well done I've seen in the country, and it's one of the most well done I've seen in the world. Uh, I mean the, some of the the only place I've seen do it better has been the Smithsonian, the British Museum. That's that's about it, and that's a that's a pretty good list to be on. <laughs> uh, it's uh, 
Kennedy's uh, Kennedy, you get so much uh, so much enrichment. You get so much out of one place. You know the the rocket garden where they have all of uh, all the experimental uh, rockets leading up to you know the Saturn V model that took you know Apollo 11 to the moon. You have uh, you know you have some of the like uh, replicas for the Soviet rockets. It also shows the downside to discovering this, showing the ICBMs and the weapons of war that were unfortunately forged out of this, and it's it's just a great day. Uh, Dave, I know that you've taken several trips down there, and I know it's always a highlight of your, you know, it's a highlight for you. It's a fantastic time. I will say the first time that I saw Atlantis, I actually cried. I got uh, really choked up. I'm not going to spoil anything for any of our listeners, but if you haven't been to the Kennedy Space Center and seen this amazing exhibit, you really need to get down there. The way they introduce all of the main components of it is just breathtaking. I saw, I took my father back. I, I stood there watching him, and same thing, he got all choked up too. It is absolutely phenomenal. As a matter of fact... My father, who also has a Disney annual pass and hasn't been able to really burn that much of it, he's going down to Disney in a couple weeks. I'm going to meet him for a weekend, but he's taking uh, a week uh, before I get down there. He's going to just uh, do uh, about three days in Kennedy Space Center, taking all the premium tours and just kind of just meandering away around slowly to enjoy every minute of it, see every single IMAX film that they have, and just kind of just get the entire, uh, the entire, what's the word? Just basically take it all in from every angle possible. And then on his spare time, he's going to be doing a lot of volunteering at Give Kids the World too. So he has the ideal trip before he meets up with me and we do uh, Disney, so... I kind of envy him in that way. It is. Uh, sorry, Tim, go ahead. is there? A, uh, oh, uh, just, go ahead, I just. I completely agree that um, the way it's presented, the way Atlantis is presented, uh, that the pre-show, everything else, it is very emotional. I mean, and especially again, growing up in that era, seeing all that happen, you you come face to face with something where that you were, I mean, that you that you did idolize as a kid. I mean, it's it was almost your it was almost your uh, my parents. Uh, you know, my my parents' childhood revisited of I, you know, I, I want to, you know, I want to go to space, you know, in a rocket ship. You you saw almost the you saw almost that that renaissance that Disney brought about with a lot of their, you know, with with Tomorrowland and a lot of the science fiction movies that were made at the time. It's it's incredible. I mean, it, if you haven't been, I 100% recommend it. First time I went was the first time that we went in '92, and that was the first time I'd ever seen an IMAX theater, and it was as if you were actually in space. I know obviously you're no floating about or anything like that, but the screen was that big that it stretched right the way around, and you you just felt totally immersed. You know, I've been there twice, uh, and other times I've been to Florida, and both times, it's been a, a really, really good experience. And as you say, Tim, I would recommend anybody going there just to sort of take in. I mean, the, the sort of parking lot for the, the rockets, you know, you walk in there and all, all these rockets, you know, sort of tethered up and pointing to the sky and you're going, wow, says, how, how did they get these? You know, and obviously you've got, you know, the space shuttle there as well. and. It's, it's a really, really good experience, especially the uh, the Spaceman ice cream. <laughs> we we start shards of oh, it, I don't know what it is. It's, it's it's the most rubbish thing I've ever had in my life. Oh, it's it was absolutely <laughs> horrible. But yeah, we, when I brought yep. that back from my first vacation back in the '80s, I brought that back. For once, I was the coolest kid in school. I mean, it lasted about a snowball yep. in hell, but I was, you know. <laughs> Definitely no, nothing to do with ice cream. I forgot about that stuff. <laughs> oh, it's it's so horrible. I mean, you you have to be pretty bad when you taste it and you actually realize that circus peanuts have more flavor. 
<laughs> and apparently Starbucks is doing it now, but with cheese. I saw uh, they have like this stuff at Starbucks now called Moon Cheese. They have uh, dehydrated cheddar and dehydrated mozzarella. Oh, God. Oh, that's a crime. It's already a crime what some people try to pass off as mozzarella anyway, and then to de... de oh, oh. <laughs> I'm going to stop now. <laughs> well, before you stop, I know that uh, the Kennedy Space Center is a full-day activity, but do you have anything uh, set for the evening after you finish at Kennedy? In uh, after uh, After my evening... I am just going to go ahead and wander around Cocoa Beach, uh, nearby Cocoa Beach, and there's a couple of uh, local local breweries over there, some nano breweries, maybe hit a few tap rooms, and I wish, I, I wish I could have, I even tried to find it. There was a small tiki bar uh, that was probably maybe within walking distance of the Ron John Surf Shop. And when I was actually living down there in the late 90s, uh, my father came down to visit me for Thanksgiving. And he wanted to drive over. We did Kennedy Space Center. And we stopped at this tiki bar. And we each ordered a beer. He, pot he, he took one sip off of his beer and he said, Oh, man. Kind of disappointed. And I said, What's the matter, Pop? He said, This tastes really good. <laughs> We, we might be getting a hotel here tonight. <laughs> it was, uh, it just, that, uh, that's just another one that, I mean, just all the childhood memories I have with, you know, my parents, kind of a, a young adult memory with my father of him taking, you know, a 1,200-mile drive after working uh, an all-night third shift uh, as a police officer, driving straight through and meeting me down there, taking me to the store, you know, me being the the poor post-college kid buying me groceries and going back to my apartment and fixing a meal the next day driving over to Kennedy Space Center staying at that tiki bar for a while driving back and then he left the next day it was uh it's it's just it was a it was a great memory and I would you know if I could find that place again I'd I'd spend all night there Well, I'm going to have my father look for it when he goes, and I'll have him uh, message you um, with a meme saying, thank God the Tiki Bar's open. All right. And with that, I guess we're up to me. So my first day is kind of going to be low-key. I am not going to actually really get that creative in terms of... Uh, leaving the bubble because when I leave the bubble I'm actually going to go over to Universal but I'm not going to actually go to any of the parks. I'm just going to use CityWalk. So my day is actually going to start on Disney property because this is going to be a day to relax. So one of the things that I'm going to do with whoever I'm with at the time I'm going to rent a boat and just kind of just relax for a few hours early from the sometime about maybe 10 in the morning when the marina opens to about maybe one o'clock in the afternoon, just kind of just relaxing, putting around on the Seven Seas Lagoon and the and Bay Lake, and get one of the boats, either one of the two-person water mice or the pontoon boat, whichever one. They're kind of interchangeable in this case. Uh, the important thing is just to kind of just be out on the water and just kind of just let uh, let nature pass you by and just kind of enjoy for a little while. And then after that, like Steven, I'm going to play mini golf, but I'm going to get a little creative with this. Sky's the limit on what we can do today, so I'm going to go on a miniature golf course tour. I have all day, so I'm going to go to Fantasia Gardens. I'm going to play all of the, both courses at Fantasia Gardens. Then I'm going to drive over to Winter Summerland. I'm going to play the two courses there. Then I'm going to go over to Universal Orlando, where they have a monster miniature golf course, which every time I go there, it's right at the front of the city walk as you go through security. And I see this thing and I'm like, this course looks really cute. One day I really just want to go in and play around or just even just 
walk through the course and just see all the details and everything. It looks like something out of Beetlejuice with all the sandworms and stuff like that. I kind of just want to... I've always wanted to play it, so I'm going to take advantage of that. I'm going to play it. And on the way over there, I might stop on iDrive, and if I see an interesting miniature golf course there, sky's the limit. I might just actually go and play that one too. I'll take the entire afternoon into early evening and just play miniature golf. When it's time to eat, I'm going to go to a restaurant that I've never been to, but I kind of want to go to, and that's the Tootsum Chocolate Factory. I'm going to have a really light dinner because they're known for their milkshakes here. And these are these excess milkshakes that have cake and candy on top of them and everything. All things that really shouldn't be part of a milkshake are added into these things that no human being can possibly finish in one sitting. So I'm probably just going to have like a, um, a child-sized turkey sandwich for dinner and then one of these milkshakes to kind of just kill that off for the night. Then I'm just going to kind of relax for the rest of the day. I'll probably go over to Margaritaville for a drink and kind of just sit on the porch of Indecision. They have some really cool bands usually playing over there, something chill. I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan, so fins up. I have to let my inner parrot head out once in a while, so I'll enjoy that. And if I'm not too tired, I might go over to Catch a Rising Star and do a little karaoke after that because I've had some libations in me. I might be ready to perform. And that would be my first day. I know the Toothsome restaurant I read recently don't take bookings, so you have to have maybe wait a wee while to get in there, even for your child's turkey sandwich. <laughs> but, that surprises me that they don't take them. I know, I know. Especially when I was there in October, it was, it was absolutely jumping. You know, you couldn't move. Uh, even in the... There's a wee sort of sweet area as well, but you can actually just go in and pick up all these sort of specialised sort of handmade sweets as well, uh, and you couldn't move in there. But it looks great, you know, and it smells great as well, even with a thousand folks sweating non-stop. <laughs> See, I've heard mixed reviews of that place. Either you love it or you hate it over there for some reason, so... The fact that it's been so across the board, I kind of feel like, all right, you know what? I need to try this place and judge for myself. Oh, it's good. It does. But again, I wasn't waiting two hours for a table. I hear you. And now, Stephen, what about your day two? What will you do then? Yeah, there's, there's quite, as I said, I mean, there's quite a lot to do in Central Florida. But... The one thing I, that really sort of gets to me, and this was before Animal Kingdom came out, it's heading over to Bush Gardens in Tampa. Uh, it's just a great, it's a great day out. I mean, we used to, initially we used to get the buses across, you know, as part of the, the tours, but uh, later on you used to go to SeaWorld and get a, a sort of complimentary bus from there. And it does take a bit, maybe an hour, just over an hour to get there. But once you're there, it, it's a bit immersive, a bit like Animal Kingdom. This is where you get in and you feel as if you're actually in Africa, you know, a lot of the times. And you're going to meet, you know, like people like Tim, you know, big silverbacks, you know, and all these different type of wild animals. But the one good thing about Bush Gardens is the rides. The rides there are really pushing it. I mean, they're pushing it to the point of, you know, the, the thrill rides of Universal. You know, they've got some of the, the greatest roller coasters in Florida. I mean, you've got things like uh, Montu and Kumba. I mean, Kumba was one of the biggest ones when we went initially, and you could actually hear it roar as you're going over it and there's a bridge where it actually just goes over the top and you can't hear anything else. It's a wee bit like the Hulk in Universal. It's just where you stand underneath that and it just goes It's just, it's fantastic that you can, you're actually on this thing. Uh, and I've got one of the, the biggest uh, wooden roller coasters as well. I'd never been on a, a wooden roller coaster before uh, in Gwazi. And it's a bit like 
the same sort of idea as Jewel and Dragons over in Universal as well, where there's two uh, roller coasters and they're going against each other. Uh, and it's always good. This is if you, one person goes on one and one person goes on the other. This is as if you're racing against them. But when we went there the first time, or the first few times, it was still owned by Anheuser Busch. And there was two sort of complementary areas that could, you could go in and you could taste some of the beer. So you used to go to one and says and have two wee uh, cups of beer. And by the time you headed over the other side, you could have another couple. But they used to change the, the staff every like 15 minutes. So if you hung about for long enough, you could have your two beers there, wait for the staff to change, then get back in and have another couple. This is just to keep you going throughout the day. Uh, but I've not been to Bush Gardens in a long while, and it's, it's a really, really good day out. Uh, I think it's obviously taken over from some of the disappointments that's happened with SeaWorld. Uh, obviously, SeaWorld are trying to get big rides in as well if you try and bring you back in after all the, the Shamu and Telecom sort of stuff. But uh, I really like Bush Gardens and it's a great day out to go to. Yeah, I don't think I've been since like 2009 or something like that. And the time I went was during a Christmas holiday. So there was no getting on any of those rides whatsoever. I think we just did the 4D theater and looked at animals. Yeah, but I mean, Anything again, at that time, you know, there was no Animal Kingdom. So the only place you could really go to see these animals was Bush Gardens. And it was a draw because it's one of these things where you, you go to Disney for all your characters, all your, you go to Epcot for the science stuff. And, you know, you go to the sort of, I wouldn't say kiddie rides, but sort of more like family friendly rides. And then you went to Universal and Bush Gardens for the roller coasters. Uh, and it's just a great day out. Loved it. Anything in the evening? Uh, probably not. By the time you actually leave there and get back, <laughs> I'd say that. I said they used to only finish about half past five. It was a wee bit like Animal Kingdom to the fact that you know it did shut early. Uh, but unlike Animal Kingdom, it wasn't a half-day park. It was a full-day park. You know, and it's only obviously recently with Pandora and Rivers of Light coming in uh, that's it's changed. Uh, but no, nothing probably just go for something to eat, you know, nothing really spectacular in the evening, you know, as I say, if you're staying in iDrive, you could just hit that up again, but, uh, it's a full day, I mean, it's a full day of walking as well, I mean, it's a really, really tired and good day going to Bush Gardens, this is, I'm always tired when we come back there. Okay, excellent. And Tim, what about you? I am actually going to spend the day in Orlando, and uh, I'm going to do something that my wife and I actually kind of discovered. Uh, well, one of our one of the activities I'll be doing, uh, something my wife and I discovered on one of our small budget trips when we first started going uh, going down to Florida together, and that is I'm going to go around and hit a lot of the secondhand stores in Orlando and the Orlando area. Uh, you can actually find quite a bit of uh, vintage Disney merchandise and uh, some Disney Anna collectibles that you might not be able to get your hands on anymore in the parks. Stuff that has long uh, been long gone. Uh, we've found quite a few, uh, quite a few vintage T-shirts. We found uh, some vintage t uh, tin toys. We actually found a little vintage uh, tin. Uh, it's a small tin. Um, pinball machine we found a couple of lunch boxes uh, so go around hit some of those stores just to see what you can find and also uh, don't know if anybody else does this or not but uh, go around and hit something known as the character warehouse outlets and those are in some of the uh, the shopping outlets around the Orlando area and they actually have a lot of the Disney merchandise that has now been kind of discontinued from the Disney Parks gift shops. So maybe some stuff from the previous year, things like that. It actually all ends up at these character warehouses. 
So you can go through and you can actually, you know, maybe stuff that you procrastinated and you thought, well, I'll, maybe I'll buy it next time and it's no longer there. You end up finding that stuff. Uh, we've actually done quite a bit of shopping in those places. Uh, also, I'll be spending some time going over to a place called Theme Park Connection. Uh, Theme Park Connection actually has uh, actually has uh, live uh, live props. I mean, not not live, but it's, uh, <laughs> they actually have props, <laughs> uh, old props that were used uh, in the Disney parks. Also, they have stuff from Universal Orlando, SeaWorld. Uh, they have old cast member um, have old cast member costumes. Uh, that's actually we our first trip. We actually ended up finding the comforter that was used in our room at the Grand Floridian. And we also, not the exact comforter, obviously, but <laughs> the, uh, and also we found the, uh, the room plate for our room at Boca Chica, uh, in the Grand Floridian, where we were, uh, stayed for our honeymoon. So... Really, uh, really some neat places to visit. Um, gonna probably cap the evening off by taking a visit to a place known as Nightly Spirits. And it is a, it is the premier bottle shop in the Orlando area. And the place where my wife looked at me straight in the eye and said, you may have a problem with beer and beer trading. Because I walked into a bottle shop in Orlando, Florida, and the man behind the desk recognized me. <laughs> immediately turns and says hey I haven't seen you in a while we have uh we've got some new things we've got a few new collabs we have some funky booty that just came in we have some cigar city that just came in I got some bombers put back for you come on over to which my wife just looks at me and very slowly utters a sentence of you live 1100 miles away how does this guy know you <laughs> I just Your reputation precedes you. <laughs> I just mumbled something incoherently and immediately proceeded right to the counter since he said he had some things put back for me. <laughs> I've, been a, I've been in the malls a couple of times and there's sort of the discontinuous sort of Disney stuff there, which is always good because you can always pick things up. And as you said, you know, if you think, well, I'm not going to pay like $40, $50 for something. And you walk into something like that. This is in. There's something similar, maybe just the, the previous years of stock, and you can pick stuff up. I mean, I had, initially when we did that, I was sort of collecting pins, and rather than paying top dollar for pins, which I wasn't collecting like runs of them. You know, where you had to have like twelve out of the twelve, just ones that are. You actually go in and take a, a shine to, but you go in there and maybe get them for three or four dollars rather than paying like nine, ten dollars for them. So it's good to go into places like that and just pick stuff up, especially obviously the Disney Anna stuff. I mean, I've not got a lot of Disney memorabilia, uh, sort of old sort of stuff, but you see stuff on eBay and stuff, and you see the prices they go for. But you know, even just going in and picking up like, as you say, old lunch boxes and stuff like that is. A great idea, just even to, to display them more than anything else. And it's, you know, the one thing that I found amazing, Stephen, is I found a lot of overseas travelers in those shops. Uh -huh. And I didn't, I didn't, ha I didn't find a lot of U.S. travelers there. And it's, and I mean, a lot, you know, just having some conversations with them, I mean, exactly, it's a, look, you know, it's, it's already, you know, a pretty penny to travel over, and we're here for a while, you know, got to make our dollar stretch as much as possible. And I've I've just always wondered why not not more stateside people were ever in there because it's hey just just because it may cost less for you to travel you know you can still you know you can still make a buck go further I mean it's uh, granted I'm glad they're not there because it's more for me more for you you know I'm okay with that but I've, I've just it's always been it's always been kind of curious to me of uh, just like well you it's such a great opportunity to save uh, save a few bucks and a lot of people just don't take advantage definitely. I honestly didn't even know of the existence of these places, so that's actually good for when I uh, am a uh, Florida resident, hopefully sooner than later. Hopefully sooner than most of you think, so um, 
keep your fingers crossed for me, ladies and gentlemen, as far as that. So uh, that's definitely something I am going to really um, explore. But until then, I'm just going to be uh, spoiled and I'm just going to get my regular secondhand Disney merch by uh, having my cast member friends message me when they're in cast connection with, Hey, Dave, I got, there's a really good price on this. You want me to buy it for you and, set, and ship it? Because I get some really sweet deals that way right now. It's always who you know. Yes. And with that, we have my last day. So this day is going to be more of an activity-packed day for me. Um, I'm going to start in the morning, and because I'm going to be going into the swamp, I want to go early in the morning for when this place opens, and after putting on a lot of off and basically almost killing myself with the DEET, I'm going to take a trip over to Gatorland because I just love this park. It just shows the gators in their natural natural habitat. It uh, it basically was a little Florida roadside stand that has evolved into a really nice attraction. It's a nice family day. You learn a lot. The animals are well taken care of, and it's just it's quintessential Florida. So. If you haven't ever been to Gatorland, it's definitely worth the time to take a visit over to there. And like I said, it is hot. There is a mile and a half long swamp walk where you can actually follow a trail into a Florida swamp and just kind of just be around the nature that is the Florida swamp. But the bugs do swarm, so I'm going to get out of there around 12 or so before the heat of the day really hits. And I'm going to go back to whatever resort I'm at. And I'm just going to relax for a while and I'm going to hit the pool and just kind of veg. Around sunset or so, I'm going to hit over to the iDrive uh, fun complex where you have the Orlando Eye. I have been on the London Eye before and I actually did get to visit the Orlando Eye last month. In the evening where I took the 20 minute ride now people who know me know that I am definitely afraid of heights I love roller coasters but with that it's you're quick you're high then you're quickly low you're secured in them so I get to face the fear but I also at the same time kind of have a little thrill in it the Orlando eye when I was getting on when I was on top I was kind of freaking out. Even though you're in a huge capsule that doesn't uh, rock back and forth, I was getting a bit nervous, but I'm going to force myself to go back on it because I saw the surrounding area at night. There's not a lot of things to see in the dark over there. It's very, uh, it's very black over there. Yeah, you could see the contemporary in the distance. I was looking for Spaceship Earth, but it was past midnight, so they turned it off. So I couldn't see the lights around it. So I'm actually going to go around around dusk when there's still some light. I can see a nice sunset and basically see all around Florida as far as I can in, in, the, in the greater Orlando area and just kind of enjoy the scenery at that point. I'll... Uh, feel good after the 20 minutes for conquering my fear again of uh, dealing with the heights. I think the, my issue was I looked down. This time I'm just going to look straight ahead. I'm going to clutch onto the pole even though there's nowhere I can go because you're enclosed in a room that's sealed. But I'm still just going to have my little panic attack and then continue on. When I go downstairs, I'm going to go to Madame Tussaud. Now, here's the thing. I live in New York City. The Madame Tussauds for my second job is about maybe six blocks away. I have never been in it. The only time I ever been to the Madame Tussauds is when I was in London. But I'm there for the evening. I'm killing time. I'm going to go to the Orlando Madame Tussauds just to say I did it because there's so many, uh, so many of my friends have those iconic pictures. So I'm going to take them too. Then I'm going to go across the bridgeway or whatever they have over there and I'm going to go over to the Sea Life Aquarium. I love animals. I love wildlife. 
I can spend hours in an aquarium just wa just watching various fish and just kind of just contemplating the world around me. It's the most relaxing thing. So I'm pretty much going to close the aquarium. I'm going to find a really nice exhibit and just kind of just sit and veg and just chill and just watch the world go by and watch the fish for a while. Maybe do some people watching. And that will be my day. That seems really good. Gator, Gatorland, I've been there. Uh, that is a good day out. As you see, you do learn a lot. But in the afternoon, we went in one of the is it a swamp, sort of rotor boat things, uh, just flying about the place. And it, that was a really good experience. This is, as you see, you get eaten alive. This is with the mosquitoes and stuff. But yeah, it's, it is a good day out. I thought about that, but I didn't know where one was available. I also thought uh, maybe to uh, go and try to find a place where you can swim at Manatees, but again, I they seem to be hours away, so it didn't seem like uh, enough uh, worth the actual trek for the day. Yeah. One other thing that I did before was hit downtown Orlando. So I've done that, and there's a couple of places there was a... I don't know if it's still about, because... I don't know if they've discontinued the tours down there, uh, but you get Rosie O'Grady's, which was a sort of American bar sort of style where you had the can-can girls on the stage, you know, kicking off. And used to have hurricane glasses, where it was all lit up. You know, yeah, you can actually put flames on top of it, uh, and you can actually drink these hurricane. And it's oh, flaming Dr. Pepper. Aye, same sort of idea. Uh, yeah. and it, it was fantastic because the alcohol that was coming out of that was great I mean, <laughs> I mean obviously they put something in the top of the, the the hurricane class but I don't think they had to because I think the amount of alcohol that was in it was unbelievable and there was another place called Fat Tuesdays that you went to and they used to have like slushy margarita sort of thing there's all these different flavours that you can actually just pour in it's just, it's like a slush puppy. Yeah, that's idea. a regular chain by us I, nowadays. Yeah, that's that's a chain. All right. I, that, that was one of the things that you used to get down there and just... You used to come in absolutely steaming drunk, you know? <laughs> it says, and being downtown, it says, it says don't be careful. It says, don't cross the past the, the railway line. Well, of course, everybody did, you know? <laughs> it just, just to get the experience, but... It's not the first time that the buses went down there and left a couple of folk behind that either get lost or maybe just had too much of a good time down there to, to get hit the, the bus back up to get back up to the, the hotel. That's the other thing with the whole iDrive complex. You have a bunch of those uh, chain restaurants and you have a bunch of those themed restaurants and bars over there too that are all connected to the Orlando Eye and that whole... Um, Wax Museum slash Aquarium Complex. So it's re it's a it's a really fun night. Pa uh, families can really have a nice night over there. So it's something to not be uh, to not be overlooked if you are um, kind of on a budget and kind of just not being able to do the theme parks straight through. That is an option. Really take some time to. Um, research what's down there because you'd be pleasantly surprised all right gentlemen we're running a bit late so let's uh let's wrap up our conversation here i found this to be a most enjoyable conversation yep i hope you guys did yep absolutely and glad to hear and with that gentlemen where can we be found on the various interwebs steven yeah you can get me on twitter at sjm disney tim you can find me on Twitter at plain underscore Tim, and you can find me on Facebook at Tim Schweska. Excellent. And you can find me on Twitter at Figments Reality and Instagram at Figments Reality. I'm not the best tweeter out there, but I am constantly on the Instagram, so find me over there. Find me on Facebook at Dave Koch. Find the Mickey Dudes on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes on Instagram at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and please check out our uh, Mickey Dudes Facebook page. Just search uh, the Mickey Dudes on Facebook. It should come right up. 
And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we hope you have a zippity doo day. You've just listened to another exciting episode at the Mickey Dudes Podcast. You can find the Mickey Dudes on Facebook at the Mickey Dudes Podcast and on Twitter at the Mickey Dudes. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share the love on Stitcher or iTunes. Thank you for tuning in and we'll see you again real soon.